Hi, this is Craig Tim. Thank you for joining. So glad to have you along. We're going to be listening to what God has to say to us. What is he going to say to you with today's message? How are you going to respond to what he asks of you? Those and many more questions are what we cover as God shares his messages. And today, I'm going to just share some topic that maybe we don't think about very often. You know, our lives are filled with so much unexpected. And our lives are filled with unexpected good things as well. Maybe a surprise birthday party or anniversary party or maybe a surprise bonus from your place of work. So many things that could be good, but so many things that could be not so good. Like last year at this time, what was the big thing in the news? It was something unexpected. Of course it was. And it was the ongoing COVID virus. Of course it. Yeah. And it is still going on today. This is the summer of 2021, and it's still going on in the news. Our lives are filled with unexpected things every day. The second coming of Christ, now that will be one of those unexpected things you won't see coming. But it will happen, and it's on the calendar. We just don't know when. Of all the unexpected things that take place in our world, this one will be the biggest surprise of them all. Today, I want to plan to focus on Christ's second arrival. Instead of coming as a humble baby, Jesus will be coming as a powerful, divine king. And that's why the colors of the church during the year are blue and purple sometimes. They're the colors of royalty, the colors of a king. And I want to ask yourself this question. Are you prepared for that day? Are you getting ready for that unexpected day when Jesus returns? Or are you procrastinating? That's the title of today's message. Are you preparing or procrastinating? In Matthew 24, Jesus tells us to get ready. He tells us that most people won't be ready. And... He compares the world at Judgment Day to the world at the time of the flood. Matthew 24, 37 says, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came, and it took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. What was wrong with those people at the time of the flood? They weren't ready. What, what, what was up with that? They had no relationship with God, for one. Their entire lives revolved around earthly things and nothing else. Now, I'm sure that they all knew about Noah. He was the man, the crazy man, building the boat in the desert. But they ignored all that. They ignored everything he had to say. They ignored having any really type of relationship with God. And then the flood came. 
and it swept them all away. Jesus goes on to say here, this is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with the hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. People will be left behind when Jesus arrives. You know, it, it's interesting though how an entire series of fictional books have been based on just these verses alone. The Left Behind series, if you've ever read them. The basic idea in those fictional books is that the world will keep on running in the hamster wheel, keep on running, but people will begin disappearing. And while that's interesting to think about, you have to remember that the Left Behind series is fictional. It's not biblical. When you take this passage and you line up with all the other passages in the Bible about the end of the world, you get a very different picture of what's going to happen on that judgment day. Imagine, if you will, that the end of the world is going to take place at 5 o'clock today. What are you normally doing at 5 o'clock on a regular afternoon? At that moment, everything will stop. Everything's done. You will hear the trumpet of God call, the voice of the archangel call, and according to the Bible, all the dead will be physically raised to life. And you and all other believers will be caught up into the sky to be with Christ. First second Lolians four seventeen. That's what these verses are referring to. But what about the unbelievers who are left behind? Well, Jesus tells us in John five that he will judge them and throw them immediately into hell. Then the world as we know it will be destroyed. And there will be some kind of new heaven and earth will be created. A place where believers can worship God free from sin. That's how God describes the last day in his word. Are you preparing for this day? Or are you procrastinating? A spiritual procrastinator is someone who's not ready. Someone who says, eh, eventually I'll get my act together spiritually, but... Not right now. I've got too much going on. Is our world ready for Jesus' second coming? The media, it's tried to have you believe that it is, just as it tried to get you to believe whatever the hot topic of the day is. For example, after the terrible events of September 11, the media was on the bandwagon telling us there is a huge spiritual revival taking place throughout America. Churches were reporting growing crowds, new faces, busting at the doors, and America was on its way back. But the reality was, attendance did rise for a little while. But according to most of the statistics, when you look back, it dropped back to about where it was early in the summer. The crowds dissipated. They were only there a short time. The so-called revival was nothing more than society looking for comfort to calm their initial fears of what took place. The fact is, even after major events taking place in our country, most people are still unprepared for the arrival of Christ. A fable is told about three apprentice devils who were talking with Satan about their plans to destroy all of humanity. The first apprentice suggested that they would succeed if they told people there was no God. Uh, Satan rejected that suggestion because he realized that most people know that there is a God and they would not be convinced otherwise. Now, the second apprentice, yeah, they suggested that they could succeed by telling people that there's no hell. 
Ah, but Satan rejected that idea because he knew that too many people know there is a hell. Then the third apprentice devil spoke up. I know. Let's destroy all humanity by telling them there is no hurry to do anything. And the fable concludes that Satan loved that suggestion because he knew that people would procrastinate in their spiritual lives and they would be destroyed by the millions. So what about you? Have you struggled with this idea too? I'll grow in my spiritual life, we say, but I'll grow later. I've got so much going on. I'll pray, but I'll figure out how to do that later. I'm going to live like a child of God, but that'll be later in life. I, I just don't have time for that now. It's okay for me now not to grow or not to pray or to live like my unbelieving friends. I have time. Uh, don't I? What happens when we live that way? Our relationship with God falls apart. That plain and simple. And then Jesus comes when we least expect him and poof, it's too late. You can't get it together spiritually on Judgment Day. Time's up. Ding. You are left behind and judged and sent to the elevator down to hell. But that's not what it will be for you, is it? You and I can pray to our Savior. We can repent and we can rejoice that Jesus forgives us. He forgives us for our lack of watchfulness and our, our lack of readiness. That's why Jesus came to us many years ago. His whole purpose was to take away our sin. And he did that by living a life that perfectly glorified God. He did that by taking all of our shortcomings, our spiritual procrastination, all of our sins. He took them all on himself and he paid for them by dying on the cross. And he rose from the dead to prove to us that we really are forgiven. We really are going to rise from the dead someday and glorify God in the life to come. You are a child of God, a modern day Noah, if you will. Because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for you, you are one of those people who will be with him on the last day. And until that day, Jesus tells us, keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come? Jesus compares himself to a thief in the night. Be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. A large number of Christians, though, today just don't believe that Jesus will come during their lifetime. But in these verses, Jesus tells us to live as though he will come during our lifetimes. A Christian is someone who is always preparing, always watchful, always ready for the moment when everything stops. That doesn't mean that we stop doing the things we do. You know, those religious cults that tell people to quit their jobs and go sit up on a mountain somewhere and wait for the end of the world. They're way off in left field, for goodness sakes. That's not what Jesus means when he says to prepare, to be ready. Preparing for Christ means prioritizing for Christ. I do all the things I normally do, but Jesus is number one. My relationship with him is not at the bottom of my list of priorities, but at the top. Worshiping with other Christians, at the top. Bible study with other Christians and by myself, at the top. Prayer is not something I do for, no, I don't know, 5, 10, 30 seconds a day if I remember. But it becomes a priority. My relationship with Jesus becomes number one in my life. That's what it means to be watchful. To be ready 
Matthew 24:36. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angel in heaven, not the Son, but only the Father. Verse 42 uh, through 44 in the same uh, chapter. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Yes, I do the things that I normally do in my day-to-day -day life, but I will be different from unbelievers and lukewarm Christians who don't worship that much or read God's word on a regular basis or, or, or even pray. I will be different from people who sin all the time and joke about it and justify it by saying, I can't help it. Don't judge me for that. But I will be watchful to be ready. Means that I won't be that person. Instead, I will be a modern day Noah. Someone who is different. Someone who has a real and growing relationship with God. What is your motivation? Not fear of punishment because... Jesus has taken all of our punishment away at the cross. We are forgiven children of God. And so our motivation is joy and hope and anticipation. The unexpected day of Christ's arrival will be the best days of our lives. I want to close with this prayer for you. I want to pray this over you, speak over you, give you blessings over this. As you... As you... Come to terms with this if you're preparing or if you're procrastinating. Why? Take hold of what this message is for you. I close this prayer for you. Oh Lord, give me the heart of Noah, a heart that is watchful, a heart that is ready, a heart ready for the day when you finally come back. Amen. And amen.